Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. What's going on everybody? New Amsterdam Radio podcast for creatives and it starts now. Lobo boys, the mayor and well... You know the deal by now, newamsterdam.com. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what projects you're working on by hitting me up at New Amsterdam on that Instagram and at new underscore Amsterdam on that Twitter. My guest this week is Tanta T, a, well, I can't even call her a reggae artist. She is a multi-influenced artist representing Jamaica. And it was really cool to hang out and chat with her about what she plans to do with her craft of music and more. Not only that, she knows how to knit. I can't knit to save my life. In fact, there's a button on my suit I got to fix. I can't even do that. So props, that's going on. If you guys don't know, it's his new Amsterdam Reel season seven. New episodes drop every Thursday. We're back from our summer hiatus and I'm so glad to be back with you. But without any further ado or rambling, my chat with Tanta T. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. It is I, the mayor, Flopo Boys, in the mayor's office. But as always, I am not alone. I'm being joined by someone who has so many talents. We're going to go through all episodes talking about them. We're talking about a painter. We're talking about the music side and so much more. Please welcome Tanta T to the show. How you doing? What's up, everybody? What's up, Flopo? Thank you for having me. Uh, oh, thank you for being on the show. Definitely an honor because I know you're busy. You are juggling plates, spinning plates, doing something with plates. You're just yes, so sir. busy these days. Yes, sir. <laughs> so the first thing I came across when it came to expressing yourself is the music. Uh, mm-hmm. And and there's many ways to describe what you do, the genres that you perform, but how would you describe your blend of your of going to the past, the future, uh, more traditional stuff, more modern stuff? How would you go about describing your genre of music? Okay, well, I my family is from Jamaica, so of course that reggae influence is very heavy for me. So I've always been doing like a reggae with a, I guess you would call it a fusion of either American style R&B, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, it's a fusion. And there's always like a element of reggae in my music. Um, My past, I I actually put out my first album 10 years ago. And it was a, (laughs) thank you, it was a, uh, a nice blend of American style and Jamaican style and I brought it together called it Jamaican um, because you know I'm the only person in my family born on U.S. soil so yeah. I had to you know kind of claim the two influences. Um, well, mm-hmm. well that's a very interesting question Jamaican uh, available now so you can check it out if you'd like to. A lot of times I, I ask this of first generation Americans specifically West Indian I'm one as well uh, for a lot of times at the party, at the cookout, I felt like I was both, but neither at the same time. What was it like for you? Are you, are, is a Jamaican something specific? Is it a blend? Are you unique? How do you approach that when it comes to, uh, going through both worlds? <laughs> you know, it's funny you should ask because that's such a tough subject because most people I meet are either American or Jamaican. They don't mm-hmm. have the same upbringing. Um, And be it that my father came here and joined the military, there is no place here that I call home either. 
because I've moved around so much. So when I get asked that question, where are you from? Yeah. I don't have an answer. I'm not from anywhere. All yeah. I can say is I'm Jamaican because my parents really raised my sister and I Jamaican, like in the culture, even though we lived here, there's a lot of things that I don't get that come from here. There's a lot of circles that I don't fit in yeah. just because we share the same skin tone is a completely different upbringing. Yeah. So uh, it's very difficult to fit anywhere. Uh, absolutely. Shout out to butter and cheese. <laughs> because I'm a fat kid. Um, <laughs> so when someone asks you, what's your hometown? Do you just say I'm from whatever? Do you pick a town at random? Like, what do you say? I have to give at least four because okay. <laughs> they have to know because they always ask um, where I'm from as far as the accent. Some people hear it, some don't. So I have to mention Jamaica. And then I mentioned where I was born, which is New Jersey, but I didn't stay there long. So I say, right. well, I, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Brooklyn because that's where everyone migrated to <laughs> when they came here. Hey. And then I have to mention like, Florida and Virginia, because those are the places I lived the longest and did the most growing. Those critical years were in yeah. those two places. And then yeah. now I'm in California. So it's, it, they get a lot when they ask that. Did you move to California as an adult or also part of your upbringing? Um, as an adult by myself about okay. four years ago now. So I got to ask a question as somebody who came here for the similar reason, born in Brooklyn and moved out here because of oh. school because I wanted to be in entertainment. What, what was the, the calling for California? Because I'm not sure about you, but when I told my parents I'm going 3,000 miles away, they're like, what are you doing? You lost your mind. What's going on with you? Yeah. So I felt like I was at a place where I had pretty much conquered the East Coast um, and I was done. I felt it within me that I was just done with the East Coast. I wanted to come here, um, entertainment capital of the world, and just do whatever, you know, was artistic and, and entertainment, all of it. I wanted to just do it all. And, yeah. you know, it's that feeling within you that says it's time is when I said, okay, it's time. And I just left everything behind and I came with nothing. <laughs> 10 years in the music game, and that's just only one slice of what you do. But I got to ask, at this stage of your career, a lot of things are good, things are going, a lot of things are working in motion. But are you, do you feel the next step is around the corner? Are you where you want to be in your career? What does Tom the T want to do? Oh, man. Wow. I know that my passion, my number one passion is my music. Mm -hmm. um, writing, recording you know, performing, that's that's the love of my life. Uh, but at the same time, I'm an artist and I have to be creative. So when I came here, I, I wouldn't say I wasted time, but I had to make sure that I could keep a roof over my head. So I did a lot of jobs that didn't allow me to be creative. And I finally got to the point about a year ago where I said, I can't do this anymore. You know, I can't give everything else my attention. I just have to go for it. That's what I came here for. And it's been a very positive ride. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not where I want to be, of course. And the pandemic slowed things down a great deal for me, um, especially with performing. But I feel like 
now I have new ideas, new avenues that I can explore to still get the music out there, still get the name out there and just keep going, going up from here. You had mentioned the pandemic and um, a, lot, a lot of us were affected differently and similarly, depending on how you look at it. Uh, you mentioned how the, there was a bit of a challenge for touring, but as a creative person, uh, was it a sign, positive or negative? Did you enjoy that slowdown time? Was it, was it difficult for you? I think everyone has a different experience with that slowdown 2020. It was not difficult as far as uh, my personality. I'm kind of to myself, you know, a lot of creative people, we have to have that time yeah. to ourselves to create. Um, but the unknown was a challenge and um, just my normal going out and performing at the clubs and networking, that all changed. And for me, you know, I was, I did go to Jamaica last year and was working um, in the studio on some projects but half of my trip was spent in, indoors because we had the prime minister lock down the country for three days out of each week. So it really, like, I didn't get to get as much done as I could have. So now I find myself having to make plans to go back and finish things that I started last year. Um, but, you know, I, I just realized during that time, I guess that, I need to be doing me, you know, mm -hmm. we hear it all the time, but right, right. I need to be doing, you know, me because so many, um, you see so many uh, companies have blossomed out yeah. of this, you know, so many ideas have been created and just imagine if we didn't have to do the nine to five, you know, constantly, how many things we could come up with, you know, how much we could do. Right. So I do, just need to do, I think, now's the time. Are you outside the nine to five bubble? Did you make the full jump or are you still doing something? I made the full jump. I made the full jump. Um, sometimes I still um, find myself having to do little hustles, oh, yeah. little yeah. side hustles, but still I think I'm, I'm in a better place. I'm happier. You know, I have that peace and contentment because I'm, I'm working for me you know, full-time, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the uh, the listeners of the show so have heard me talk about my day jobs a bunch of times, but <laughs> I was I was a market, my last day job, I sold hand sanitizer door-to-door, -door, and this is before the pandemic, so no one cared. <laughs> like, what? no one, I was like, wow, I have a college degree, you want some hand sanitizer? Right. Uh, the, the pandemic for me was an odd time because uh, from the stand-up comedy side, I mean, comedy clubs are, are small. They're kind of made yeah. to pack people in and because you, you're giving them uh, intimate kind of experience. And so mm -hmm. they said, stay home. Uh, it kind of got me to lean into podcasting. So I'm kind of That's grateful it. for that. So I'm always... I won't say weird about the pandemic. I know it it caused death and destruction, and I'm not trying to negate that. But like, I got yeah. a chance to focus on what I wanted, how to do me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm home by myself. Yeah. Absolutely. So as your career now, we're going to talk. I'm going to ask a question about demand generation because you have a huge, rabid fan base in Florida that wants to see <laughs> you live. You did Jamaican radio nationwide, 90 FM, was broadcasting <laughs> to the entire island. Went from Montego Bay to Kingston. Yes. Uh, What's that like? I mean, everyone says that you create 
for what you feel and you create how you see the world. But when there's people out there rocking with you, vibing with you on different mm -hmm. uh, parts of the world, it must be kind of sweet. It is an awesome, awesome feeling. It makes every trial, every tribulation <laughs> worthwhile. When you see people bobbing their heads, when you hear people telling you, um, you know, they love this particular song or that particular song, when it, people screenshot you that they've bought your music, you know, all of those things, the interviews that I've done, the, the write-ups that have been published, like it's, it's an amazing feeling to, to create something that is accepted. And I have no regrets. I have no regrets. <laughs> Well, let's talk about this latest release, Wine Up. I enjoyed it. Uh, one of my many jobs, because you know, we West Indians, where we had 10 jobs. Uh, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a wedding DJ as well. And uh, I had the pleasure of having <laughs> a reggae wedding last weekend. I go, oh, this totally fits in, because it has a bit of the old and new together, which yeah. I really love. Um, <laughs> what you. was that like? The release of Wine Up, it was like the, 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 the most recent release you had, but it was a different stage of your career. This is a much more mature sound, a much more holistic sound. Um, what was that like going into creating that song? Creating that song, oh dear. Wine Up, I wanted to do something different because I always try different um, mixtures of reggae, whether it's slowing it down and doing that rock steady with a modern beat or if it's um, just revisiting like an older sound or then a newer sound. Um, with Wine Up, I wanted to create like a blend between a, a, maybe a hip hop and a reggae. So it has those heavy bass lines that I just absolutely adore and has to be in my music. And then it had like that feel that you can definitely dance to. Um, I'm, I'm a big dancer. I don't know where this came from. All of a sudden, I just love dancing. And, <laughs> you know, carnival is a big thing. And when I lived in Florida, you know, my sister would pull me to Miami Carnival, Orlando Carnival. Um, I wanted to bring the whole style of carnival and dance and reggae and just, just kind of blend the new generation of music with what I'm familiar with. Have you been to the LA Carnival uh, this year or before the pandemic? I've been before the pandemic yeah. once. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It, it's, it was coming up. It was coming yeah. up. <laughs> I wish you did the face she made. She's like, ah, well, it's there. <laughs> it's it's kind of like everyone gets in the, like, the, the South American Carnival, the West Indian Carnival's all like piled to each other here in LA. So it's kind of, it's a thing. You know? Yeah, it was different, but it's. Yeah, it wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot, but if mm -hmm. I can ask a personal question. Sure. Uh, what's missing from music today? Um, you know, everyone says that it's a different era, different time, but what makes you go, you know what, there's a spot for me here, there's a role for me here. People are asking for this, I can provide this. Mm -hmm. I would say the thing missing from music now is, like, you know that that rawness, like that. I, I mean, I come from the era of Biggie and, and Pac and, you know, when Jay-Z was real hot and like, he mm -hmm. still is, but we had those storytellers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we rapped about something, we talked about something. 
not just what we're capable of doing in the bedroom or what we, you know, money and whatnot, but we, we told stories. We had like Mr. Cheeks talk about Renee and the love that he had for this girl that he lost. And like, that's what I miss, like those real feelings. So I call my music feel good music because, you know, even though there's a lot to, to get you down, there's still a lot of good. And I want people to listen to me and and feel good, you know, just create memories that are are positive ones that you could always refer back to or, you know, get yeah. into a good mood. Because there's so much to, to bring us down. I had the pleasure of making two songs in my life and I go, whoa, that's hard work. And yeah. you had 10 years of albums. That's where I respect I that kind of thing. You got more on the way, so respect. Uh, I, yeah, I totally commend people who stick with it. Thank you. But it's not just the music because, and I was just, you know, just perusing some of the information out there. You also are adept with the brush. You're a painter as well. Uh, when it comes down to influences, are they the same influences that influence your painting work as far as your music, or are they feel two different worlds you kind of keep separate? I think they're more two different worlds. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been a musician, but I've always been a painter as well, like an artist. Um, and I took, I mean, I guess I kind of took the same road, but different paths because around college time, I went to school for the arts to kind of just uh, better my skill. And then around that same time, I started recording in the studios for the first time. So they were both growing, um, simultaneously, but um, my influences for the art, I mean, I have my favorite artists and um, it's just a completely different world. I love realism. Um, I love creating uh, portraitures, mm -hmm. doing portraits. Um, so I focus on that now. Um, children is what my body of work is at the moment and then I'm gonna move into body parts. And maybe that part kind of connects to my music because I'm very like open <laughs> with my music about, you know, sexuality and and just being free and, you know, so my body parts I think might connect more to my just free spirit. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Is it a, a, a different kind of release when you when you paint? Or, or do you do you do it that way? Do you paint to release, or it's kind of like, no, I gotta make sure I work on my craft every day, something to work and practice on. You know, Flavo, I actually hadn't painted in about ten years uh -huh. before now. Oh, wow! <laughs> and so <laughs> it has been a challenge because yeah. things have changed, and I forgot. It's almost like I forgot how to blend and how to, you know. So yeah. I had to like relearn my style of painting. And that isn't, it's not fun. I be honest with you, it's not. Walk me through that. What, what do you mean? Is it kind of like like piles of castaway canvases and say, what am I doing? <laughs> is it just like saying this is not fun anymore? Like, what's that like? I'll give you an example. My last painting I completed, it took maybe a year. And it, the subject was three children 
um, that I took in Jamaica and then I, you know, just painted them. But yeah, I, it's almost like I want to paint a certain way. And then when I pick up the brush, that's not what I see. Like, that's not what I do because that's not my style. Right. So it's me trying to change my style to suit what I like, but what's natural, what's organic yeah. is not that. So it took a process of accepting, this is how you paint. <laughs> and You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what our mutual friend, I told her that I, I couldn't paint because I was in high school. I had to take an art class to graduate and I forgot to take that class. And I was my last, imagine passing pre-calculus, but in danger of not going to college because I couldn't <laughs> pass art, art class. Yeah, because of art. And so I told her, she goes, no, we're going to paint. And so one day she came over and we started painting and I was like, yeah. I felt like I was a baby. I had no coordination. Yes whatsoever and it must be the not the worst feeling but one of the worst feelings in the world when you have an entire kaleidoscope in your brain yeah. but yeah. your hand going you know mm -hmm. it's just a, it's an odd feeling it really is absolutely odd and then you just have to accept what you come out with because it's it's you you know it's how you see things and i i find myself telling myself at the canvas what do you see? Paint what you see. <laughs> is that what you see? And then saying, okay, well, if that's what you see, then that's what it is. Yeah. You know? And music, though, is completely different because it's just pure joy. Like, I can write a song in a day, you know, and then I'm, I want to record it. Now, I just, you know, it's just bam, bam, bam. I can do it all day, every day. Um, the art is a bigger challenge, and it takes a lot more time. And for those of you who don't know, studio chime ain't cheap, so you can bang them out as quick as you can. <laughs> Save that cash. Um, but not only that, you also knit as well. Is that true? Knit? Yeah. I sure do. If I could, what? If I could reach over and pull something. I, <laughs> I actually do knit. Um, and I make baby um, hats and diaper covers that match i've knitted purses diaper bags i don't know what's what's with me and knitting but that's like therapeutic to me okay. um i know you might know <laughs> being a west indian you, when your parents bring you here and then they <laughs> they say okay you get the chance to grow up here they want you to do everything yeah they want you to be well-rounded so whatever my mother could put me in. I play the piano. I knit. I I cook. I play karate. I, <laughs> I or do karate. Yeah. I I was in gymnastics, tap, jazz, ballet. You know everything this woman could put me into. I know how to like. My father taught us how to mow the lawn and edge it, and you know fix things. And so like, there's so many things that. I can just do, <laughs> and it, it's nothing to me, but people look at me and say, oh my gosh, you know, you don't need anybody, but it's not true, you know, it's not true, but I can help myself, and it, it, I don't know if that's a positive thing or or what, but. It, it, it can be negative, but it's mostly positive. It could be <laughs> negative, right, because that's what I hear all the time is that, yeah. oh, you got to let a man be a man. <laughs> with bad but insecurity but it's kind of like oh man i can do everything but maybe yeah. some friends want to help that's how they show their yes. love 
inspiration. But I'm with you. I'm growing up. We did karate as well. Uh, my brother did piano. I tried to do guitar. I suited council. Like it was just yes. eight things, man. It's just the way yeah. I was doing, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you a question. It's gonna be kind of a weird question. Uh, I'm sure you get it all the time though. Mm-hmm. How do you find the time to do all this? Like, how do you carve up your day? Is it one day you do one thing? Is it like you give an hour to something else? How do you make sure these things get done? Hmm. I'd say the dynamic of things has changed um, being in LA specifically because, you know, it's such a, it's such a, <laughs> a chore to, to figure out how you can make the money to do what you came here to do. Mm-hmm. So whereas before when I was, you know, other states you have uh, easier living situations, um, less costly. So, you know, I would work full time and then I'd do my music after work and then I'd perform on the weekends and then I'd do my knitting or my artwork in between time, you know, and it worked that way. But now it's like I have to focus months at a time on one thing or the other. Sure. So for the last few months, I've been just focusing on getting these paintings done so I can get into a gallery. And then after that, I'm going to focus back on the music because, as you said, it's very expensive to record. So then I've got to just build this now and then do the music next. And then, you know, at the same time, I'm doing acting as well, the background acting. So it all has to be prioritized. Um, and I do as much as I can when I can. And I also don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Batman is pro in the city. I love it. <laughs> I also don't sleep. So plenty of time. <laughs> what is the, the dream venue? Do you believe that? It's like a performance venue, a dream role, the acting side, a dream gallery. When the mind's eye is open, where do you see yourself with the most like visual success? Hmm, that's a good question. I think I've only thought of that on the music side. Um, I've always wanted to, of course, win a Grammy. You know, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to perform in that setting. Um, and I've always wanted to be on stage. I don't know why I see myself on stage with Chronix. I don't know if you know who Chronix is, right. major artist, right. but just performing live with like some of the best, that would be doing it for me. That would be everything to me. Yeah. Um, just sharing the stage with certain names that have influenced me and have been pushing reggae music and its authenticity for the last while. Would you stay in LA or would you set up shop, set up shop somewhere else? I am, I'm not stuck to LA. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I could definitely see myself back in Florida where I moved here from. Um, I could see myself in Jamaica. I could see myself overseas uh, in Europe. I mean, wherever is gonna allow me to be the most productive I would, I would go there. Wow, we're so similar in that regard. We're from yeah. Brooklyn, I lived in Florida for about yeah. four years. Came out to okay. LA fifteen years ago. I'm, I'm an OG in that way, but yeah. okay. <laughs> the different corners of the country. <laughs> so, what would, what would be Tanta T's favorite junk food? Right, if you're just out there perusing, trying to get something for some refill action, 
diets off cheat day. <laughs> I get a lot of those these days. Um, <laughs> I love ice cream. Mm -hmm. I do. I love ice cream. I can eat ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Respect. Mm -hmm. What's your flavor? Oh, since I don't get grape nuts, I wow, taste the tropics, yo. <laughs> you remember. Yo, Abdu D was lit back in the day, man. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> That's delicious, by the way. It is. <laughs> yeah. so since I don't get that, I settle for cookies and cream or like a pralines and cream. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I got sweet teeth myself. I'm all about donuts and cookies. That's my job. Oh, Danishes? Oh. A Danish is too. I'll totally pop that I just discovered a new Danish at Starbucks. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I asked a lot of my guests this question. I'm not sure if it really applies to you. I'm going to ask it anyway because mm -hmm. you do 20 different things. What mm -hmm. does a day off for Tanta T look like? What do you do when there's nothing in your calendar? It's just you and sunshine here in LA. What do you do? Ooh, to be honest... I don't know what that's like because I don't have those. Okay. <laughs> but if I were to imagine a day off, it would still be doing something. Um, outdoors, I like to be outside. I like to be in nature. Um, but I'm always, the wheels are always turning. Yeah. So, um, I guess if I could just be outdoors and not have to worry about meeting deadlines, mm -hmm. I'd be okay. That's a good day. I got a couple more questions before I let you go on your way, but this one here yeah. is, is something was a bit of a debate I've heard with, with yes and no, and um, I, I don't want to lead you, so I'm just going to ask outright. Do you consider yourself a success? Why or why not? Mm. So this took growth to see what mm -hmm. I do. Uh, see myself as a success because I've come so far. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've come so far. I have to um, count the small victories, you know, because that is important. There's a lot of things that go into this business. Um, battling your, your own thoughts, battling the world, maintaining relationships, um, overcoming fears, all of those things, if you can conquer them and then say, okay, this is what I plan to do, and you can actually execute that, you have to acknowledge it as a success. Yeah. And so I do see myself as a success, but I have a lot more to accomplish. I can just imagine people listening now just fist pumping the air like, yes, go ahead, girl. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so, Tanta T, thank you so much for being on the show. New Am Sam Raider, the podcast for creatives. If someone's listening right now and they want to connect with you just to hit you up or to book you, how do they go about doing that? The easiest way to do that would be through my website, which is the official TantaT.com. And on the website, there is a place that says social. It's a tab. And you have all of my social media there. Pretty much anywhere you go, you, you type in Tanta, T-A-N-T-A-T, -A -A and you'll be able to connect with me through whatever um, site that you prefer, whether it's leaving a message on, on the website or Instagram, wherever you can connect with me. 
Make sure you go out and do that. The latest single, Wind Up, available now wherever the finest music is available. Only the finest, y'all. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Flobo, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is yours. <laughs> <laughs>